Before I introduce our speakers, I want to say a few words about the book, which looks like this, uh, which has just been published by Oxford University Press as a second edition, but which reads as though it is a new book, as it covers much new ground and new material. In my view, this is a groundbreaking book that will become the seminal work on Palestinian refugees in international law. Both Francesca and Lex have done a fantastic job of covering the history of the conflict as it pertains to the refugee situation by explaining how it evolved during the mandate period to the creation of Israel and why the United Nations set up a relief and works agency for Palestinian refugees in the Near East, otherwise known as UNRWA. But it does much more than that and covers the negotiations that took place between Israel and the Palestinians on the refugee issue right up to the present, as well as the issue of compensation, which is sometimes overlooked in studies on the refugee question. The book also has a section on the status of Palestinian refugees in countries all over the world, from the Middle East and North Africa, to Europe, the Americas, and even Asia. Our speakers today are very well placed to talk about this issue, not only because they wrote this book, but also because they both worked in the Middle East for UNRWA for many years. I will first introduce Lex, who will say a few words about the reasons for publishing the second edition, followed by Francesca, who will talk about the book in more detail. And then Lex wants to say a few things about the final chapter on the quest for durable solutions before we open the floor to questions. So please do not hesitate to send your questions to me in the chat function on Zoom during the talk. So Lex, you have the floor. Thank you. When the first edition of the book was researched and written in the 1990s, there was a lot of literature about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, including legal works, but very little specifically about Palestinian refugees, the people at the heart of the unresolved conflict. As a young lawyer working with the Dutch Refugee Council and then UNRWA, the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, I had considerable difficulty in understanding why Palestinian refugees were the only group of forced migrants enjoying a special status under the international refugee regime. I tried to figure out what that meant, and the book was the first to comprehensively analyze the various legal aspects of the Palestinian refugee question and their distinct status in international law. The first edition, written at a time of the Middle East peace process, reflected the optimism of the time, including the expectation of the establishment of a Palestinian state, which in turn would be instrumental in bringing about a resolution of the refugee question. This optimism turned out to be unfounded, as almost every development since the Oslo breakthrough has adversely affected Palestinians, including the refugees. This includes the progressive encroachment of the Israeli occupation on territory foreseen as part of the Palestinian state, the oppression of Palestinians in the West Bank with settler violence and frequently reported excessive use of force by the Israeli army, the now 12-year-old blockade of Gaza and three devastating Gaza wars, the rise of the right and nationalist and settler-supported parties in Israel, and the split between Fatah and Hamas on the Palestinian political front, and finally, a worsening of the situation for Palestinian refugees in many of their countries of asylum, 
Iraq, Libya, Syria, but also change of migration policies in Gulf countries and refugee policies in the West. One of the most visible recent developments affecting Palestinian refugees has been the change in approach of the United States, which is no longer perceived nor claims to act even-handedly in, in its engagement with Israel and the Palestinians. The defunding of UNRWA and the recently unveiled so-called deal of the century bear testament to this. Amid these challenges, a number of more positive developments have occurred over the last two decades as well, and I mention a few. There is greater awareness, I would say much greater awareness of the Palestinian refugee question since the beginning of the Middle East peace process, including an increase in academic and expert studies on the subject to which our friend Victor has brilliantly contributed during the last decade. A rights-based discourse concerning the question of Palestine has gained traction, as well as greater awareness of the protection vulnerabilities of Palestinian refugees in occupied Palestine and host countries. Amongst other things, this has resulted in greater and more systematic cooperation between UNRWA and UNHCR. There has been greater scrutiny of Israeli policies and practices in the OPT by the International Court of Justice, the International Criminal Court, although that is still in its, in its early stages, other UN bodies and individual member states. Unfortunately, to date, this has not really resulted in increased accountability, but it is progress and, and, and it, will, it will clearly uh, move forward uh, in the coming period. Last but not least, Palestinian grassroots calls for justice have resulted in a global movement calling for boycott, divestment and sanctions against Israel. Amongst other things, reiterating the right of Palestinian refugees to return. Growing Israeli opposition to BDS bears testament to the appeal and power of its messages. Having closely observed these various challenges and opportunities, whilst continuing to work with UNRWA in the, in the Middle East, it gradually dawned on me that it would be important to update the book. As I dreaded having to embark on a couple of years of solitary, solitary confinement to accomplish the task, I decided to look for a co-author. There was a daunting undertaking. I was not only looking for a good international lawyer with a solid understanding of the question of Palestine and the Palestinian refugee issue, but also a good researcher and a networker, as there was a lot of new literature and many more were engaged on the issue than 20 years ago. Last but not least, I was looking for someone who had their heart in the right place. Having worked with Francesca during her tenure at UNRWA, I felt that she might fit the profile, but it took patience and perseverance to convince her to consider my proposal. I rapidly found out that she was indeed the perfect choice. Not only did she agree to be my partner in crime, but she accepted to act as the principal author, taking the lead in the drafting of what essentially became a new book. My role was to offer strategic and academic support to brainstorm with Francesca on how to tackle dilemmas we encountered on the way, to tap into my extensive network of academic and other contacts 
relevant to the book. And last but not least, to review, to revise and comment on the various drafts. It was a totally different experience and the mostly solitary exercise that writing the first edition, originally my, my, my PhD dissertation, had been. And the result is a much, much better book, reflecting the wealth of knowledge of many great minds we were able to tap into. As she has been the lead author, it is only fair that I ask Francesca to present the book to you. Francesca, the floor is yours. Um, the first is that since the Middle East peace process that has started in the 90s and the bilateral negotiations between Israel and the Palestinians and with the Oslo Accord 1993-1995 in particular, Palestinian refugees have become more and more what I call a footnote to a failing and fading peace process centered on advancing statehood in rhetoric, Palestinian statehood in rhetoric more in practice. And uh, where Palestinian refugees are treated as an obstacle to peace rather, rather than um, a, 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 like an issue to solve. And uh, we felt strongly that uh, uh, Palestinian refugees and their rights as refugees, open stateless persons and human beings needed to be brought back to the center of the negotiation table if there were one, or simply to the discussion. And um, this is all the more urgent now that prospects of a mutually agreeable peace appear to have vanished and the refugee issue remains an international responsibility as any refugee issue. The second issue is that Palestinians in general, because they lack a fully sovereign independent state and refugees in particular because of their dispersal, um, make for a very difficult constituency to protect. They fall under a myriad of regimes, under different legal status and institutional arrangements, and they are often discriminated against as Palestinians. Um, sometimes this discrimination is manifest, like it is in our countries, which is even called positive discrimination. Sometimes it occurs in forms that are more obscured and muted. So a new book, we told ourselves, has to help unpack the reality and overcome it through the avenues provided by the law. The third and final element of reflection was that compared to any refugees, uh, nowadays, Palestinians are often stereotyped and made the object of assumptions that miss their complex reality. They may get represented as all relegated to the Middle East, passive recipients of international assistance, languishing in refugee camps, which are hotbeds of militancy and, and armed resistance and often conflated to the collective issue of Palestinian statehood. But in fact, and this is something we, like both Lex and I realized through our own experience and study, Palestinian refugees are all but an homogeneous group. The only common elements across continents, generations, and socioeconomic strata are the Palestinian identity, the sense of loss of a homeland attached to it as a collective trauma, and of being a nation in exile fragmented by exile. We both felt that a good, solid legal narrative on the Palestinian refugee question had to make come out the extent to which Palestinian refugees um, are um, a constant challenge to legal categories and common assumptions so that um, we could approach Palestinian refugees as individuals with the right and daily needs and aspirations in addition to 
them being part of national collective perspective would allow us to reframe the Palestinian refugee question in terms of unmet rights rather than over again in terms of political or security considerations. So uh, it's with all this in mind that we wrote this new book. And in the time that remains, uh, rather than summarizing um, chapter contents, I would like to provide um, an impressionistic sense of the book um, and what we hope it will bring out for readers. In looking at the structure of it, those of you who are familiar with uh, Lex's first edition will recognize the old implantation and philosophy in the new edition. This new book remains an analysis, verifying both important aspects of it that still remain unclear, confusing, or misunderstood. Through new archival and legal research, and building on new literature and jurisprudence, as Alexa said, the book offers a, offers a comprehensive overview of the Palestinian refugee question as a whole, and uh, it unpacks two key dimensions of it. One is more factual and historical. We look at events like um, Victor mentioned in the beginning that from the late 19th and early 20th century led to the mass displacements uh, of Palestinians in 1947-1949 in connection with the creation of the State of Israel and how it has evolved and transformed till present day and also in uh, the displacement in 1967. This excursus is important not only to understand who Palestinian refugees are and what was the state of the law at the time their displacements occurred but also to appreciate the elements of continuity between the original displacement and the present day reality in, the, in occupied Palestine and beyond. And the second dimension our book looks at is the humanitarian and political sets of responses to address the Palestinian refugee question from 1948 till present day under the auspices of the United Nations first and then through regional um, and bilateral uh, mechanism, especially, as I was mentioning, direct negotiation between Israel and, uh, and Palestine, which has so far brought um, no, no, no concrete development, advancement at least. The prism through which uh, all this is discussed is legal. As, as we said, we um, think it, international law offers uh, to explore opportunities that remain untapped. So in the book, the readers will find a clear analysis of definitions of who Palestinian refugees are and the fact that render them the oldest, largest, most unique and complex refugee situation since World War II. An explanation of their distinctive regime under international law, namely the special arrangements that the United Nations put in place for them as of 1948 and the different agencies mandated to serve them, explaining why UNRWA that was already mentioned by Victor is today the main entity responsible for Palestinian refugees and what is the role of UNHCR, if any, and what this setting means for the protection of Palestinian refugees. We examine, as I said, holistically various branches of international law, refugee law, human rights law, the law protecting stateless persons, uh, humanitarian law with some notions of international criminal law as relevance to Palestinian refugees. And in light of this interplay, of the interplay between these 
branches, we offer a new and contextualized analysis of specific rights, like the rights of self-determination that is not common to refugee studies, but acquires a particular relevance to Palestinian refugees because of the origin of their displacement. The right of return, which um, against what is commonly argued, uh, it's not in our view, derived from Resolution 194. Resolution 194 merely reaffirmed the law that was in place at the time of the original displacement, according to which Palestinians displaced were already entitled to return, be compensated, or, or I mean, enjoy restitution and or compensation of what they had uh, lost or got damaged. But also we look at cultural, civil, economic, political and social rights of uh, Palestinian refugees. Of course, we try to uh, apply a, human, a broad human rights based approach, uh, emphasizing rights that have become relevant owing to the protractedness of their displacement. And we look at the status and treatment of Palestinian refugees in various regions and countries. As Lexus um, said, we have counted about 50 countries and there are probably more according to available regional and local frameworks. Ultimately, we discussed to what extent international law is relevant to the pursuit of just and durable solutions. And against the background of decades of inconclusive rounds of negotiation, uh, we look at the missed opportunities to bring justice to Palestinian refugees, but also we try to open up to opportunities that are not being uh, considered yet. So in the interest of time, I will only focus to, uh, I will only focus on a number of these key issues. Um, first of all, for those in the audience today who are not fully familiar with uh, Palestinian refugees, and uh, let me clarify who are Palestinian refugees briefly. Uh, Palestinian refugees are at large persons who were displaced in relation with the conflict over Palestine in 1947-1949, uh, and in 1967, including descendants, whose situation, and this is key, whose situation is still to be settled in line with relevant UN resolutions. This uh, definition at large includes two main groups. Uh, first and foremost, 750,000 persons uh, who were displaced in 1947-1949 in occasion with the creation of the State of Israel. Uh, from the territory of British Mandate Palestine, but also what is today the West Bank and Gaza Strip to neighboring countries, namely Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, the West Bank and Gaza Strip themselves, but also Egypt and Iraq. And a second group uh, consists of those uh, 350,000 or 400,000 souls who were displaced from the remainder of the territory of British Mandate Palestine, in 1967, meaning the West Bank, including East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip, which had until, I mean, from 1949 until 1967, fallen under Jordanian and Egyptian rule, respectively. Um, and so th this, this second group is commonly referred to as 1967 displaced, but besides the different terminology, they are refugees for the purpose of international law. And uh, for these groups, and again, their descendants, which total around 7 million today, um, uh, there has been no durable solution and no compensation that could be considered putting an end to their status and their historical claim. 
Many of those uh, from 1948 and 1967 still live with their children, grandchildren, and often great grandchildren in countries where they found refuge, but others have moved further afield, uh, often forcibly displaced. In fact, an issue that is often overlooked is that on top of the numbers I gave you, seven, over 700,000 Palestinians have often refugees from 48 and uh, 67 and descendants have been displaced from the Arab region since the 60s, following, for example, turmoil in Jordan in the, in the early 70s, uh, the civil war in Lebanon, the first Gulf War where 350,000 Palestinians were expelled from Kuwait and, and about 50,000 from Gulf countries uh, to protest Arafat's lack of condemnation of Iraq's invasion of Kuwait. And then other thousands, like 20,000 Palestinian refugees were expelled from Libya and 110 have been expelled from, from, from Syria uh, or have fled, sorry, not expelled, they have fled Syria in the context of the, the recent, the ongoing conflict and almost the, the, the totality of the 70,000 uh, Palestinian community in Iraq have been, uh, have been destroyed since the beginning of the, of the 2003 uh, war. So this compounds the, the, the figure of 300,000 uh, Palestinians who have been displaced since 1967 from the OPT owing to Israel's withdrawal, mainly owing to Israel's withdrawal of residency permits. So for many, as you can see, for many Palestinians, displacement has become a fact of life that has pushed Palestinians toward new Arab countries, Europe, Americas, but also new ports of calls where diasporic ties do not exist, as it is the case in the region many of you are from, Southeast Asia, and where I have lived for four years, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia, have become a port of call for Palestinians, like African countries. So for the first time in our knowledge, our book examines status and treatments of Palestinian refugees across five continents, um, the, the, the challenges they face and the problems that they uh, encounter owing to the differences in the application of relevant uh, international instruments leading to confusion and variations in documentation and status, uh, sometimes even within the same jurisdictions. And I refer to Europe, the Americas, not only to the, to the Middle East. We expose the politicization of the Palestinian refugee question primarily, but not solely in the Arab region, um, because Palestinians fleeing the Middle East, for example, in response to the conflict in Iraq and Syria, have often faced discrimination because of a poor understanding of their historical background and their status under international law by those adjudicating the request for asylum. So, facing this situation, we argue that an effective international protection of these refugees lays in the interplays of various bodies of laws relevant to them and respects of the obligations they entail toward Palestinian refugees, not only as stemming from the law as it was back in 1947, uh, which remain unmet, but also the law as it has developed uh, since. Um, and these bodies of law include, as I said, humanitarian law that was relevant um, in 1948 because the Palestinian refugee question was born out of conflict, but also because war has con have continued to punctuate the experience of many Palestinian refugees, as I said, in Lebanon, in Iraq, in Syria. The law of regulating statelessness is relevant, and not only because 
when Israel was created, it adopted laws, um, it enforced laws that denationalized and mass um, Palestinian refugees, Palestinians who held British mandate citizenship since 1925 against the prevailing principles of international law enforced back then, largely for political reasons. And, but also human rights law, which offers a broader scope of protection, especially in countries where Palestinian refugees reside, like in, um, in many Arab countries, which have not ratified the 1951 convention. In that case, and also because they are in a protracted refugee situation, human rights norms have a broader, offer a broader spectrum of protection to refugees who remain such over generations. And we have um, analyzed how treaty bodies and special procedures with their recommendations and conclusions have advanced have potentially advanced the protection of Palestinian refugees. And last but not least, we clarify the distinctive regime Palestinian refugees have in, are under international law. The fact that Palestinian refugees do not fall under UNHCR's mandate, but rather under own UNRWA mandate, mistakenly leads many to believe that Palestinian refugees are not legitimate refugees and are sort of entitled to less, lesser protection than other refugees under the 1951 Convention, meaning those fleeing out of persecution. But in fact, we're explaining that uh, it depends uh, this, that in 1949, while the drafting of the 1951 Convention and UNHCR stage was, were being finalized, the United Nations General Assembly had already deliberated how to resolve the Palestinian refugee crisis by establishing a body which is very little uh, referred to nowadays, is the United Nations Conciliation Commission of Palestine which had to negotiate a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, including the refugee problem, and a scheme for durable solutions for them, which included return for those willing to return and resettlements through local integration or resettlements elsewhere to those not willing to return, and also uh, compensation. Peace proved unattainable in the short term, largely because of the adamant refusal of Israel to accept any return of the refugees and its insistence on the fact that the refugees had to be locally integrated in the Arab countries as Arabs. And uh, because they, 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 meanwhile, the Palestinian refugees were uh, strangled in a humanitarian situation, some mechanisms to provide assistance and relief to them while supporting the role of the Conciliation Commission for Palestine, UNCCP, were created. And the most lasting one is UNRWA. Over time, because of the impossibility to get out of the political impasse for political reason, um, and we can talk about that in the question and answers, um, the UNCCP lost power and was demised. Uh, but, and since then, UNRWA has become uh, like the, the, the most and the remaining influential body dealing with Palestinian refugees. Uh, not the only one though, because this, uh, the, this, the, the situation of their special regime made of UNCCP and UNRWA was recognized by the 1951 convention and in UNHCR statute as supported by the drafting history in Article 1B that we extensively discuss in the book. The Refugee Convention was not meant to make Palestinian refugees without rights as refugees. It just provided that those, the, those rights, which were different from other 
contemporary refugees because they had already been admitted in host, by host countries and they were not treated with refoulement and, and they had not to be resettled. Most of them wanted to return, so they had to remain a special um, responsibility of the UN um, cared by the existing bodies. So the intent back then was not to duplicate the work of existing UN agencies with the work of UNHCR. No one could expect, of course, and but by the way, this was normal 70 years ago. Other, I mean, ad hoc responses to refugee crisis were still uh, in fashion in, in 1949-1951. Um, I was saying no one could expect that 70 years on, the refugee question would remain unresolved. So most of the debate in the past years have uh, and decades have been consumed by the fact that the lack of a dedicated UN body to negotiate solutions for Palestinian refugees is one of the causes of the impasse because UNRWA is not equipped or ill-equipped to deal with uh, to deliver protection to refugees. Our book tried to move on this uh, this this uh, like uh, theoretical debate, arguing that the fatal demise of UN, or demise of UNCCP has prompted the evolution of measures for. To protect Palestinians, uh, which is an evolution of UNRWA's functions, but also its cooperation and the action of UNHCR itself. Um, and we do um, examine this regime in, in details in our book. But mostly, we argue that what is needed to come out of the impasse in the Palestinian refugee question is a paradigm shift which brings the question out of the bilateral negotiation scheme, uh, which has been relegated to, and back to the multilateral realm where it belongs. It reaffirms the central role of international law and addresses the root causes of original displacement and subsequent and ongoing injustice that have befallen the Palestinians. In such context, we discuss the potential significance of the 2016 New York Declaration that was unanimously adopted by all UN member states and the 2018 Global Compact for Refugees. Um, and we argue that by endorsing this new global framework for protection and solutions for all refugees, especially those in protracted exile, these documents, these instruments offer an important opportunity to break the political impasse around Palestinian refugees as well and progress toward daily protection, the pursuit of durable solutions. Uh, in particular, the New York declarations provides a UN sanction mandate for elaborating a comprehensive framework for just and durable solutions for those in protracted nature. And this provides an opportunity for Palestinian refugees uh, playing, and Palestinians in general, playing in, re, in leading role in advancing solutions, but also to critically rethink the role of UNRWA and UNHCR vis-a-vis -vis durable solutions. I know that Lex is particularly eager to elaborate on some of these elements, so I leave the floor to him. But as a last general point I wish to make um, is that our contribution sets out we hope our, that how international law can identify and correct the injustices faced by Palestinian refugees. And while the current context seems to be depressively and conducive uh, to any solution, doing nothing cannot be an option. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Francesca, for this overview. Uh, and indeed, let me uh, make a few, a few final uh, comments on sort of the question of solution before we open up for for questions. Uh, 
Let me begin by saying that the, the chapter on solutions in the new book represents a fundamental departure from the first edition in that the Middle East peace process, which amongst other things offered hope for a solution to the Palestinian refugee question, is dead. We firmly believe that after seven decades of unsuccessful attempts at resolving the issue, the refugee issue, a fundamental paradigm shift, as Francesca has mentioned, in the approach to solution is needed. And, and, and we believe this has sort of three interrelated elements, or there are three interrelated elements to this. First, we argue that the UN must reassume responsibility for the pursuit of solutions for Palestinian refugees, like they ultimately do for other refugee crises, including large and protracted ones. Since Oslo, the Palestinian refugee issue became a bilateral one between Israel and, Palestine and the PLO, uh, and it has been dominated by the asymmetry of power between the parties on top of political expedience to the detriment of the interests of the refugees. This situation must end, and the refugee issue must go back to the, to the lap of the United Nations, and in particular, the General Assembly, uh, where, it, where it, uh, it used to be, and, and, and which has the, the principal responsibility in this respect. As an extension of this, like with all other refugee situations, international law must once again be the framework and lighthouse for, lighthouse for resolving the various aspects of the, of the refugee question, issue of refugee status, as well as moral, material, individual, and collective aspects. And uh, Francesca has set out, and as we do in the book, you know, international law has a lot uh, of, uh, of opportunities to offer in this respect. The third element of our proposed paradigm shift focuses more on the refugees themselves, as well as on Palestinian and Arab politicians. There has been a long-held belief that pursuing solutions for Palestinian refugees more holistically would undermine their rights and claims towards Israel, and as such, jeopardize the Palestinian cause. We make it abundantly clear in the book that this is not the case at all. The rights to return and to restitution and compensation flow from the historic injustice accompanying the birth of the refugee issue. Francesca already mentioned this. And these have only become stronger with the passing of time and the further advancement of international law. Therefore, Palestinian refugees and their political advocates should not fear pursuing solutions more closely aligned with the global international refugee regime, as many individual Palestinian refugees have done over the years and others demand. And as Francesca said, we believe that the New York Declaration on Refugees and Migrants, uh, and I cannot be stressed enough, unanimously adopted by the General Assembly in 2016, provides a unique opportunity to realize this paradigm shift and to re-engage the UN with respect to solutions for Palestinian refugees, firmly placing it within an international law framework. The New York Declaration applies to all refugees, including Palestinian refugees, and it calls for the development of a comprehensive refugee response framework for each large-scale refugee situation, including protracted ones. Until this moment, no such framework has been developed for Palestinian refugees, 
And we suggest that this lacuna be addressed at the earliest opportunity. And again, a mandate for this uh, is a unanimous UN mandate for this is in existence. Uh, with UNRWA and UNHCR leading the process together through a multi-stakeholder approach with a key role for the Palestinians. The adoption of this approach would give new impetus to international action in favor of Palestinian refugees and their rights. This does not need to await and could help advance a more positive outlook for the wider political process.